What's up guys? For those of you who don't know me, my name is Sam Marvin and I have been in the photography industry for 25 plus years. While I love being a creative, business is my passion and elevating the industry of photography is my focus. I created the Seven Figure Photographer to share my journey to seven figures and help others find their way too. So today, super excited to talk to you about, well, I take that back. I'm not really super excited to air my dirty laundry for the world to know, but I am excited to, to see you guys, talk to you guys. Uh, but today we are going to talk about failures. Now, I know kind of a super negative topic, but we're going to make this a positive thing. You know, honestly, I used to live by the mantra, I refuse to fail. And in my mind, I never really did see all the failures or the failures I did, I kind of pushed them off to the side. I avoided them. I didn't want to accept them as failures in my life. But a couple years ago, I heard somebody say something along the lines of the road to success is paved in failures. And it's really something that I have gravitated towards and been I've, I've grasped a hold of that concept strongly in my life. And so uh, that's something I want you guys to think about, but that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to reveal my biggest failures of 2021. We do have our fabulous guest here with us today. Mia, say hi, Mia. Here. But I think it's really good to identify these failures, talk about them, and um, and really understand how we can make these a positive thing. For those of you who are listening to this via a podcast, uh, we do have our Seven Figure Photographer Facebook group. Hopefully Mia can post a link to that. One of the things my dad uh, kind of gave me when I was young, and my my dad is, he's a great guy, but I never really had the best relationship with him. In fact, it's probably deteriorated more as I've gotten older, and that's really kind of sad. But I think the, the things we say to our kids never stop hurting. And more so as you grow older and you start to look at those things. But uh, one of the things that my dad said to me uh, when I was young, and many of the things he said to me when I was young, I really took to heart and have thought about. But one of those things was, I remember a time sitting with him, and I think he was just really trying to get me to open my ears and hear the things that he was telling me I was doing wrong because I see myself in the same situation with my own son uh, when I'm trying to get him to understand and listen to what I'm telling him. But he said, son, I want you to think about anytime somebody points out one of your flaws or one of your, we're going to say failures in this situation, don't just write them off. Don't just determine that they're stupid. They don't know what they're talking about, but hear what they have to say and take it. You don't have to respond. You don't have to do anything. Hear what they have to say and take it in your mind and into your heart and think about it and determine do you have any responsibility in that? Is there anything that has val validity in that? And is there something that you can do to change it? And I think it was honestly one of the best things that I ever heard. I've also always been known, well, I've personally known myself to be one of the biggest excuse makers out there until a couple of years ago. I really started to try to take responsibility for everything I did and see light as, okay, what could I have changed about that situation to make it better? And that's really kind of the, 
the goal for what I'm doing moving forward with this particular topic today is identifying my failures and recognizing them as what are the things that I could have done better. This isn't about, you know, because I'm going to talk about some stuff uh, that could potentially anybody listening to this might think that it's all about them. Uh, we had a situation with that the other day. Uh, Tim sent me a message. He's like, dude. And I was like, I promise that wasn't all about you. It was, it was more about it just kind of spurred some thought, but I'm sure there's some people that are going to think this might be about them, but it's really more about what can I do? What can I do differently next year to make these things better? And so by identifying our failures, uh, for the past year, it really gives us a great way to look at the upcoming year. You know, just as Mia and I have been sitting here talking about it, we've really had an opportunity. Like, it's really been powerful to me to see, okay, like, that makes sense. Like, that's, like, being able to go back and forth about that has helped me determine really, like, where some of those things are and what needs to be done to make those things better. So we're going to move on to number one. Well, these are in no particular order, just for reference. I didn't say, okay, my number one biggest failure was the influencer program, but that go ahead and advance to the next one. Uh, I did come up with a number of different things, but the influencer program was one of my big failures this year. That's one of those things that I knew that uh, Mia pointed it out. My wife pointed it out. Uh, and I think that there's a number of reasons for that. And really when I look at it like this, it kind of feels like I'm making excuses for those, but it's really just identifying where those reasons are. Number one uh, was unforeseen circumstances. And those unforeseen circumstances stem from a number of different things. Unfortunately, uh, Mia lost her daughter this year and it really, I mean, it was a big challenge just dealing with that. I mean, nobody should ever have to go through that. So I was trying really hard to be sensitive to her needs as far as like the time that she needed off. It was right in the middle of uh, when we were trying to to get our influencer program off the ground for the year. But it wasn't just that. And there was a lot of things. Obviously, that threw a wrench. On, honestly, it's impacted her significantly throughout this whole year. And I can't, it's not like I'm upset about that. Like, we're just trying to learn how to work through it and work with it. Another unforeseen circumstance was really just the uh, COVID. Like, there wasn't a whole lot. COVID definitely changed things significantly. In fact, I'm going to throw Mia up here and actually, uh, Mia, what were some of the things that you saw like with COVID and, and how they changed and were unforeseen circumstances? I just think the way that people reacted to it. So people have been, I mean, obviously COVID happened in 20, we're in 21, 2022 or 2020, sorry. But the effects were still there. Nobody wanted to go out. Like kids weren't being, I've got five kids and they weren't social with kids outside just sitting on their phone. There's just been this it almost, shift. It almost like amplified yeah. that whole kids staying inside yeah. concept. And, and, and parents are afraid to let them out. They're afraid to let them go into groups. And so then that obviously impacts us when we're trying to do a group influencer thing. Nobody yeah. wants to come. It, it's kind of and hard. Some of that is even really just been me being afraid to do things yeah. that I'm, I don't want, I don't want to fail at them. I don't want to have an event that gets 
no response. And so instead of making the effort, sometimes I just am like, eh, you know what? Let's not even, let's not even go for it. Let's not even try. They forgot what it is like what it's like to have a full schedule. So you put one thing in there like, oh my gosh, I'm doing so much. It's like, well, yeah. <laughs> before we used to do like I, 500 things a day. Now I feel that way to too. Two. But it did, it changed the way we live, unfortunately. Yeah. Another big part of it was preparation. We started out uh, A, behind. We were like, we started late into that process. Again, because I don't know how other people have done with their model program. I'm going to actually get to one of the biggest issues with me and the model program, but I've actually seen a downward trend year over year with the model program or the influencer program. And so unfortunately I am struggling at times to push that program forward because I feel like every time I just feel this sense of failure when I get into it and like we get everything done. But I think that there's actually a much larger aspect to that that I've recognized every year. And it actually leads into my next part, but it's just purely our engagement with the influence. We've kind of run it as a program that has been, uh, we have our certain couple of things that we do, but because I'm running multiple businesses and I'm just, I'm like stretched thin, sometimes I, I just don't put enough effort and time into it. And I think that that really hurts us in the long run when it comes to turning them around and getting them excited about finding new people the, ne at the next time. Any thoughts on that, Mia? I think just too that the kids have been so disappointed, I guess, in the last few years. They had all these things and experiences that they expected as a senior, and they haven't been fulfilled. And we have great potential to fill some of those for them. But I think in that, some of them, <laughs> we went and watched Spider-Man the other day, and I thought about it during Spider-Man because one of the main characters said something about if you prepare, what'd you say about the disappointment? If you prepare <sighs> for disappointment, you won't be disappointed. Yeah. Something along that line. And I sat there and I was like, that's exactly what these kids are doing. It's what my kids are doing right now. They don't want to be disappointed. So they're not setting themselves up to allow for that disappointment. And in a way, it's kind of exactly like that. Yeah. Remind me after, because I remember... I remember hearing that quote throughout the movie. Yeah. It did not stick with me like. Oh, it totally stuck with me. It didn't stick with me like it did with you and with Rylan. And it's actually really funny because I want to talk to you about something specifically <laughs> oh, about go. that. But remind <laughs> me because my son was a total turd. And yesterday I'm sitting on the chair and my wife says, did Rylan or Rylan said that when you guys went into the bathroom after the movie that you quoted that same quote. And then said, that's the way I feel about my <laughs> love life <laughs> oh, with my wife. My 13-year-old said this to my wife and then threw me <laughs> under the bus for it. I never, ever, ever, ever said anything of the sort. But he thought it was funny. And he was on the phone with me when she asked me about it. He's like, Dad, just take the fall. Say you did. And I was like, dude, you're going to get me in so much trouble. So I guess I don't have to talk to you about this later because I just shared it with the world. But <laughs> I think there is a lot to be said for that. There's people are, you know, they expect the disappointment, but one of the biggest things we eliminated last year because of 2020 was the fashion show. Yeah. And it is one of the biggest things that brings all of our girls together and creates an experience for them that I think really is just like, we just can't do without it. It, it kills me what we missed because of that. 
The next one, I'm actually going to oh, let wait, you. I can give you one more. Okay. Because I think part of the engagement, when you allowed me to take more on, you became less involved in that. Yeah. And I think we have to find a balance between how much yeah, is definitely true. Sam being doing it versus how much am I being Sam behind the scenes that nobody sees. Because I've taken over a lot of that, which has been helpful for you. But at the same time, then you're a little more disengaged with it yeah. and with them in general. Yeah, that's true. And one of the things I was actually wanting to do this year was hire or find a concierge right. or somebody that is like my team Shoot. leader for that. I don't necessarily know that that's right. And it's like, it's hard because like, I want to believe that none of these teenage girls want to have any connection to me. Yeah, but they do. But they really do. And I know that's kind of, it seems weird. It feels weird. Uh, year over year, I've disconnected a little bit more. And I think that that's a big yeah. part of it is I've tried to disconnect from them because it, it is uncomfortable. Like I'm an old man and I'm dealing with, <laughs> a bunch of young teeny boppers. So, uh, but I do think there is, there's a lot to be said and there's a lot of opportunity there to be somebody that has an impact on them. And so, uh, we just, I fail at that. Uh, the next one is really one of the biggest things that hurt us last year was Instagram changes. And, uh, right when we launched our influencer program, we do a lot of communication reaching out through Instagram. And Mia's going to talk a little bit about what happened and how it impacted us there last year. Basically, Instagram changed some of their rules. And so they wanted to make it um, safer for children, which their definition of children is from the time you can get on Instagram, which is 13 until 18. And I think that's great because I do think there's a lot of things that are dangerous. But at the same time, our target market is when they get into high school <laughs> until they're 18 which happens to be 15 to 18. So our market, our target market that we would send notes to in DMs no longer could see those unless they consented to see them, but they wouldn't know that they had one to consent to see it unless we got a hold of them. Some. So it's like this huge, how do, you, how do you put yourself in front of somebody who literally is not able by the platform to know that you're putting yourself in front of them? And that was that's one of the major ways we've gotten girls to hear about the program is sending in a DM. We follow them, they follow us back. But even though we have that following connection, we still couldn't send them a DM. So we had to rely very heavily on stories versus invitations. Yeah, I thought um, I thought that it was only if we didn't follow or like they we weren't friends on Instagram. No, even if you're friends with them. Even if you're friends, you, if you're friends with well, them, they can see your stories and they can see what you do on your platform, but you still cannot send them a DM until they consent that you can do that. And most of the times hmm. they don't know. So I think when we like go forward, we have to think of ways to I wonder make sure they know we're like sending Like if we just DM. comment on one of their posts and say, hey. Sent um, you a message. Sent you a message. check. Yeah, yeah, and as long as that works, hopefully. But so it's just trying to figure out, and I don't want to call them loopholes because. Well, that's really. But it really is what it is, right? Yeah. Like you're just trying to find the loophole. And we do want them to be safe. There's nothing wrong with that. But it totally changed our marketing strategy. Yeah. And we didn't rebound quickly. Well, it, it literally hit right in the middle. Yeah. Like right in the middle of our search. Yeah. And it did impact. I remember reading a lot of the messages like this person hasn't even seen this message yep. 
So it was a huge thing. And this year we're taking a whole different approach. That'll still be a portion of it, but we're taking another approach to try to, uh, to work on that. So, okay, let's move along. So next, this is my favorite one. <laughs> Do I need um, to be on here for this one? Yeah, I wanted people to see your face. <laughs> when I said one of my biggest failures of 2021 <laughs> was employees. So now what I mean by that, and she knows this because we talked about this, like I was like, I don't want you to think like I'm just talking about you. However, she knows I'm gonna throw her under the bus because I can specifically talk about hers because we have a great line of communication and we talk about those things a lot. So there's a couple <laughs> of different things, but number one, it's, you know, it's not just me, but it's, it's taking responsibility for dot, dot, dot. And a lot of that is me. A lot of that is me taking responsibility for the mistakes that I've made with employees. And so it's not necessarily just specific to employees. It's, it is a lot more about me and the mistakes that I've made, the things that I've let let slide, the systems that I've allowed to be really poorly followed. Followed. Followed, yeah. So, um, I mean, that was a big, that's probably a big part of it. You know, this year has actually been a year where I have focused a lot on implementing more systems to fix the issues that we have. And unfortunately, what I've seen is a lot of those systems have been fought by employees. So Mia's not one of those. Mia's actually really good about when I start a new system, she's really good about sticking to the system. Most everybody else, not so much. Um, I'm even talking about like my wife, I'm talking about Bart, I'm talking about like all of them, like we have these systems and then they don't necessarily adhere to the systems. So Another part is having people in the wrong spots. And this is where I'm going to throw Mia under the bus because she's a, a great example of it. And it's, again, it's not a Mia problem. It's a Sam problem. And this has been a huge issue with all of my employees, not just Mia, but I'm going to use her as an example. And we've talked about this like over and over and over again. Uh, some of the things are like the answering of phones. Mia hates <laughs> answering the phones. Like, and it's not even so much that she hates answering the phone. She does a good job of it. She hates talking on the phone when she knows other people are listening. Yes. And so she actually gets really nervous and she just really <laughs> says stupid things. Oh. That like, I'm like, no, dork. That wasn't part of the plan. And then I see it in your face. And then I, get I don't. I keep my back to you. I don't. You don't I even know. Feel it. I can but feel yeah, it like... she thinks she can feel it. But that's a perfect example. One of the things that I was actually considering was going back to me taking care of the phone calls and, and whatnot. But the reason I have employees is specifically because I've learned that when there's things that I don't do well or I don't like doing, those are things that I have to eliminate from my realm and find the right person to do it. Is Mia the right person to do it? Maybe not necessarily. And so that's where it's like, for me, I was like, okay, well, I'll just take on the phone calls because I am good. But we've gotten phone calls in and messages in and I'm like paralyzed and I haven't called any of them back because I'm like, uh, I don't want to do it. So that's a clear indication that we need to find the right people for that. One of my other businesses, CIC Pro Lab, which is back in, in the back when where Bart works, you know, Bart does a good job of getting stuff done. However, he works on his schedule. Um, that becomes challenging for running a business. But 
for the most part back there, the biggest issue we have is we just don't have a person to manage that spot. And so uh, that's one of those situations where it's not like really the employees that are the problem. It's the, the problem really is that I have failed to get an employee back there to run those things. So another part, and this is one that I think Mia will agree with, is just letting the negativity reign, allowing negative situations to continue to really just reside within the business. We went through a lot with Yin, and then we, I let Yin go, and I hired a new guy. And surprisingly, I felt like he was the right person to be in the position. We loved working with him, but I fought so hard to keep him that it actually created a negative reaction to that. And so then we ended up bringing Yin back and you know that created some stress on other people, the way things worked. And uh, I found out afterwards that it created stress on me. So there's a lot of overall, just like the employee game is something that has to be dealt with and it has to be done right. So I'll let Mia talk to this one because uh, it's a huge aspect that I struggle with and it's really outlining clear expectations. And how do you specifically deal with, because she honestly does better than anybody. Everybody else just makes excuses. Well, you didn't tell me this. Me understands that like when I have an idea, like she kind of just takes it and runs with it, which is perfect for what I like, but I'm not good at outlining those expectations and so some of that becomes a challenge. So what am I supposed to, what do you, well, you like, what, how do you, uh, yeah, I don't care. Throw me under the bus. How do you deal with like the lack of expectations or outlined expectations with what we, I think one of the things with it is just, I think I'm in front of you enough that I know where it's going to go. And I feel like I'm invested enough that I want to see it get there. And that's not saying the other people aren't. That's just part of my personality. It's part of who I am. And I want to get that big picture. And as soon as I have it, I just like to run with it. And I'm not so I'm not so worried if you don't like what I do, I guess, because I'm kind of... Lies. I'm, no, no, wait. Lies. I'm, because I'm kind of used to it. And so... <laughs> what does that mean? Wait, no, 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 no. You're used uh, to me not liking what you do? You said you... I, okay. Okay, go. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. So it's not so much that I'm used... It is, but... It's not in a bad way because I understand that my role here as an employee is to put the things in front of you and then you can tell me, yes, I like this one. No, I don't like this one. And it's really easy to then change it. Even yesterday was a really good example where I was working on that download and I just did it because I thought it would be fun and it's something I enjoy doing. And so I'm in the right spot for that. And then I showed it to Sam and he's like, well, it's cool, but I really hate the font. And I'm like, of course you do. I'm used to that. And so then I put another one up that I was starting with and he's like, yeah, it's okay. And then you just change it. So, but I didn't take that personal. The font which is not my font. So I don't which care. You shouldn't have. No. I mean, that's one of those things. Like I, I didn't. And one of the challenges that I have with me is I never tell her that like you did a really good job. Like I was super <laughs> stoked that she took that on and did that. And, um, and without even being asked, like that means a lot to me and I suck it letting people know that. But I loved like everything about it. I loved the fact that she did it. But even my smallest amount of like <laughs> reaction apparently 
sometimes gets. No, it's not that. But I'm just not worried about the risk anymore. And I think when I first worked here, when I was in the back, because we've talked about this too, I was afraid of the she risk. She cried about everything. I didn't cry about everything. She literally cried about everything. I did not cry about everything. Like, I'd say something, I'd walk out, and I could hear like. <laughs> oh, shut up. You're so stupid. <laughs> I didn't cry about everything. It was a little okay, emotional in my time back there. But things have mellowed out, and and I understand you better now. And and with me, for me, in my spot, it, there's no financial real risk in creating a download that you don't like. Yeah, I put some hours into it, so you're looking at, like, what, 20, 30 bucks? But we're not talking about $200 worth of canvas, which for me was a different risk. And this is something that is more in my wheelhouse, and I feel comfortable taking those risks. So I think when it comes to outlining clear expectations, as far as getting other people on board, I think we just have to help other people take those risks and maybe use kind words and remind them that they're doing a good job. <laughs> even <laughs> even if you don't like which, everything they do, start which with I the positive at. and then go I do like negative. everything you do. I just suck it. <laughs> no, but I'm saying all around in general. Part of it, it is part us wanting to take that risk for you, but then it is part in how that risk is um, fulfilled, like yeah. in how you respond to that risk that we've taken for you. So once we can get to a good spot there and you can have a better ability at laying your expectations out what you really want rather than you guys have you seen his line drawings seriously my what your line drawings seriously sometimes it, like it's like playing pictionary with a two-year-old so there's well, a lot of <laughs> there's a lot she, of give and this take. is a sense this is a source of of pain like that has been in my life for a long time like she does not like my art my drawing art and i <laughs> I'll admit hers is far better. Um, yesterday we were working on the TV in a staff meeting and I was drawing stuff and she took took my iPad away from me and like started erasing everything and rewriting <laughs> it. And I was like, it looks a lot better. I like it. So, um, but yeah. But anyway, I mean, one of the biggest issues here and again, taking responsibility for the situation, owning it myself, I suck at creating clear expectations. I love the idea of saying, hey, this is an idea, and having employees take it, run with it, make it happen, and then bringing it to me and saying, what do you think, Sam? But unfortunately, this has been a pain point, and it has been a source of failure in my business significantly for years, but even more so in the last two years because we've had more employees working and it's something that I've learned. I've got to get better at determining the who, what, when, and why and outlining clear expectations for what I want done. I, you know, you're one of the few people that literally just take and do things and then bring them back to me. And I'll just tell you right now, you do a great job with that. And I love that. So that part is great. And I just suck about saying it. So <laughs> Okay, moving on. Number three, and this one is, I think this this really falls onto to me largely, but it falls onto everybody in our organization or in our business. Um, and that's execution. Execution is something I have always struggled with. I have courses. I literally have a list of courses for 7FP that I've wanted to create or that I have all the information here. It's literally just a matter of, writing it down, putting it in a format, and then recording the videos just like this. And it's super easy to do, honestly, but it's an execution thing. And it's 
been a huge issue for me. And part of it is actually going to roll into another thing. But part of it is just having too many things that I want to do. Uh, and Mia laughs at me about it. But setting deadlines. Setting deadlines has been a struggle for me because I don't like to, I guess maybe it's I don't like to fail. And Tim, I read your message, you just <laughs> shut your mail. I don't like to fail. And so if I set a deadline then, and we miss that deadline, for instance, this year, we set a deadline uh, for our influencer program to have it out by November 15th. Uh, in fact, I really kind of jumped down my wife's throat about not having her part done by the 15th. And then she got it done because I gave her crap about it. And now we're still, um, again, this one, this is a common theme in my life is outlining those expectations. And I guess another part of it is letting people take over on things. Like yeah. I struggle, Delegation. uh, letting other people do things, which kind of like, slaps what we just talked about in the face but um it is a struggle like i if i give somebody something to do and they do it and it wastes that time and then i have to come back and redo it or change it up then it's like why did i even why why did i even try so that's kind of again it's just it boils down to outlining expectations understanding the who what when and when where and why um and that's that's just i think a, a vital part of executing on things. Next is planning my work. <laughs> and again, planning is just, I'm not, I suck at the whole planning thing. Mia loves to plan things out. She loves to be planned. She likes to get me to plan things and I fight it and I struggle, but it is a huge aspect of, and I think that it kind of rolls into that whole thing. And this is one of those ones that I really started to see. Okay. This is this is a classic example of what we need to make sure that things are executed because I constantly have new ideas, new thoughts, new things that I want to do. And she's a cheerleader for me, but then we just have too much crap there and ready to go and no defined plan for what we're actually going to take on. Um, you know, like for instance, this, printer to the side of me. You know, we, we went out to St. Louis this year and on the way home, we're driving through, like literally we just left St. Louis and I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy a printer. I'm going to do all this myself. Um, and, and it took a huge amount of my energy to make it work, figure out how to make it work. I had a budget. I decimated the budget. I like, <laughs> and then, and then it, it created months more work for us trying to figure it out. Now we figured it out and it's great. We can utilize it significantly, but yeah. um, we maybe should have had a better plan. And when I jumped on it and I, and I did execute with that one, I executed really well, but it basically squashed a whole bunch of other things that we could have done better. But now we've done it. And so we need to like, figure out the plan for next year. But I think also forward. we just, we need to determine how are we going to take these new ideas, new yeah. things and put them into a system and determine what are they, what are they to us? Do they move the needle forward? Um, and how are we going to prioritize? Cause that's one of the things that 
I suck at is prioritizing what really needs to be focused on. So, um, and of course, evaluating the important items. That was really what we were, I guess what we were getting at is, is setting, okay, what's important? What do we need to really focus on? And how can we execute those important items? And I think, again, that's one of those things. This is one of those topics that really, to me, was like, this is, this is genius that we looked at it and said, okay, what are the failures? And this is one of them. And how can we be better about it? Because if we can be better at execution and taking those ideas and writing them up on the board and say, okay, Sam, like, let's be reasonable about this. <laughs> like, you have 30 new ideas and 30 new things you want to do and 30 new ways you want to market, but 29 of them are not realistic and or are going to move us in the wrong direction. Or even just your effort. You can't succeed at 30 new things all at once. We do a mediocre job at half of them yeah. and a piss poor job at the other half. Where if we just picked the three that really could move that needle forward and we put all of our energy, we could excel at those three yeah. and then it's add two more Kind of like the 12-week years, yeah. just focusing on the things. And maybe that's what it is. Is It's like, do you look at it and say, okay, well, these are, there's 30 of them, but realistically only five of them are reasonable or five of them would move the needle forward for us the fastest. And then what do we decide? Like, do we then do the hardest one first and then execute on the smaller ones or do we do the smaller ones first and build? I don't know. That's something that we can really do. And we need to focus on like looking at those things for going forward because especially this time of year, we're getting ready to go to imaging. We're going to spend a lot of time on the plane, a lot of time in the hotel room and a lot of time really just talking a whole lot about new ideas, new things, because let me tell you, this time is when my brain just goes in hyperdrive <laughs> on what can I do? What can I change? What can I make better? What can I, and it's literally, it's, it's my favorite time of year. It's like, it's like Christmas for me because I love these things. And when one of these things takes and I do execute on it, it normally does really well for me, but it does create a lot of stress and frustration when I'm sitting here on a day like today. And I'm like, ah, oh, like I wanted to be prepared to do this or be prepared for this by this point, And I sucked at executing. So number four, utilizing, and I know I didn't give you guys numbers, but this is a huge one. And this is one that Mia pointed out and uh, I've pointed out a lot lately, but it's utilizing our customer, our current customer base, taking the clients we've already worked with that have been raving fans that have loved what we do and utilizing them for new business. Now, I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about the Pareto principle. That's what it is. Okay, so the Pareto principle, 80-20. So if you have the customers that you've already worked with, 20% of those are going to be your top money-making clients, your top capital. Um, and really, you because they're already fans and clients, you can utilize them for other things. Reusing your resources on other options, getting them in for family pictures, getting them in for baby pictures, getting them in for whatever. One of the things we're going to do is the tween yeah. program. We've been, we've, this is one of those things that we've been wanting to literally since execute on since, right? since what? Since sync last year. 
Yeah, since sync of last year, yeah. we're finally putting it together. Tim was great. He jumped right in yeah, immediately and kicked ass at it and started making some money on it. And I think I think where you're going to see a lot of that residual that comes back is once they become seniors. So you might be four or five years away from that customer coming back. But in the meantime, you could work with them on families. You can work with them on other little stuff uh, just to keep them excited. But yeah, booking repeat clients. And another one is uh, defining their path for after the sale. Like what do we do with a client after the sale? Mia, what is what are some of the things that we suck at <laughs> after yeah. the sale? Well, I wanted to get thank you cards out this year. And like I didn't. How many of those did you send? <laughs> Big fat zero. Um, Big but fat I do zero. <laughs> I do think one of the things that I've enjoyed um, since working here is I love the fact that you install the canvases. I think that's a great final touch point going back into their home, seeing how the kids are doing, and then we just kind of let go, I yeah. guess. And so Well one one thing we did do to kind of bridge the gap between the sale and the the delivery was our do you have one of them over there? Uh which the the little like sales booklet. No. So we created this little booklet and so this has the pro select uh invoice right here and then it has information. I we made this because I wanted like one of the things that I was fighting so badly, I really wanted my wife to call the client the day after and say, Hey, this is Michelle. I'm the editor. Yeah. I'm excited to start working on things, but I don't know if you guys have a way to control your wives or not, but if you do, um, let me know. I'm just kidding. I don't really want to control her, but I would love to get her to do things. And so we couldn't for the life of us, for me, I couldn't for the life of me, get her to pick up the damn phone and call my customer and say, Hey, I saw you got your order done last night. It was excellent. Great. Super excited. Starting to work on them. So what I did was I created this just to give them a simple way to connect, uh, and feel like they had some identity of what was going on next between then and now. And I, I tell them, I say, this is, this is who you're going to be working with. This just gives you a face to the name when you're done. This is, who Mia, you've already met, is going to call you and set up a time for me to come in and install it. And so they have a really good expectation, but there's still parts of it that we're slacking or we suck at, especially just making them feel warm and cuddly and loved and like... Well, we were going to take a Christmas card picture, what, last year? And that never happened. And then we didn't do it this year. But Are you talking about a, like the team picture? Yeah, just even like a Christmas card. Merry yeah. Christmas from our team to yours. Yeah, and those, those are things that... We just suck at. Yeah, we just haven't done it. So anyway, identifying the available data. This is one of those things that I have, this is one of those things I haven't executed on and have wanted to for a long time. And Mia, listen to what I'm going to say because this is one of those things that you could probably make something happen. But every one of our clients that come in here have other people in their life, whether it be kids that we could identify as potentials for tweens. I can't tell you how many of our clients have stepped out of the door of the sales room and said, I really want to do a family session this year. And then we don't do a good job of executing or putting that data in a place that reminds us uh, or even just recording that data. We don't have our birthdays marked down so that we can send out um, those things. There's a lot of data that if we would just sit down and ask those questions or give our clients a card to fill out, 
we could have data that really helped us have an opportunity to really go the next step or the next mile with that client. Now, the next one, as you might guess, is being a man myself, I'm excellent at communication. Uh, that is not one of my failures. I'm just no, kidding. Just communicating with our clients. Like I struggled and I, I am guessing because I've talked to a number of photographers who have gone through the same thing. I struggled significantly with once I sent my client out the door after collecting their money, I had this feeling that they hated me and that they would be like angry that I convinced them to spend so much money. And so I avoided like they would call and I would let it go to voicemail and then I would check the voicemail and then call them back or they'd text me and I'd be like, Oh, what are they going to say? Like, and then I finally, I finally realized that I was providing a great service that my clients were excited about and that they loved that they spent the money that they spent. And so I started to see that when I, when I really started doing the installations, when I started installing for my clients and delivering to their house, that's when I really started to see people were actually really excited about what we had done with them. And so that was a, that was a big eye opener for me. And so communication is one of those things. They're simple touch points. And sometimes my clients will text me or call me and be like, um, I don't know if you remember me, but and I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like I could tell you minute by minute where we went on our, our shoot four years ago. I could tell you these things. I might've forgotten some of the little details, but absolutely I remember who you are. And I want them to know that I remember who they are. The thought that they would come to me and say, I'm sure you don't remember who I am just kind of hurts my heart. So some of those things that can be eliminated are just simple by communication. And I think, what do you think? Do we, do we communicate well? I think, yeah. We try. We try. She's got to look like. <laughs> we'll talk about not. that next week. <laughs> oh, okay. Next week. So yeah, that's, those are more or less the things. Um, moving on to our fifth and final is marketing. Now I know I hear this from my clients. A lot of people are like, dude, you guys are genius at marketing, but we suck. And I guess this is one of those situations where you could come, like we tell people, don't compare yourself to another photographer. Don't compare your marketing to another marketer. Cause like for us, where we fail in marketing, we're doing it. We're doing a lot of it. However, we're not doing a lot of it like well together. Go ahead and advance that for me. Yeah. Intentional. We don't have a plan in place. And so, uh, that being said, like, just like all the ideas I have in my head and want to execute on, I have all these marketing ideas and we start all of them once or <laughs> twice and get them implemented and then just never do a whole lot with them. Uh, so like, it's just really a, we suck at the planning aspect of it. And, uh, we just need to sit down and decide, okay, this is, these are the things that we're going to embrace. I've talked about the lead avenues. So my lead Avenue pathways or lead Avenue funnels. And we have like, I started to make a list in Trello of all the different marketing systems that we have, like different items, like our giveaways, our, um, text message marketing, our email marketing and all these different things. And you've gotten better about sending out the newsletter. newsletters, which is good. 
again, it's, it's taking in again, execution. Like, uh, that's something she's started to get into a habit of doing. And I don't, I'm not even getting those. I noticed, I thought about that the other day. I, I might have to, taken you off the list. Yeah. To put me <laughs> back on the list. Cause then otherwise I just think you're not doing anything. Well, I'm, just, I'm used to that too. So shut up. <laughs> um, but then again, the lack of execution, uh, we have all these ideas. We have this desire to do them. Uh, the giveaways this year, we have sucked at doing the giveaways. Now, mind you, I don't know that we do the giveaways in a good way that really moves things forward. Uh, but it's something that we've, it has created an engagement for us. Yeah, it has. But I think that kind of goes back to the part where having no plan in place. Like, yeah, if you don't have the end goal for the marketing, what is the purpose behind each piece? Like, we knew the purpose behind the mailers. We did it. We got the ROI we wanted for, or at least good enough. And <laughs> Good enough. Good enough. <laughs> but, like, there was a purpose behind it. I think with the giveaways... But even it's creating it is creating that engagement, but then we're not following through and making that engagement yeah. have any intent or any purpose. But even with the direct mail, we had this plan. We did have a plan with the mail to do yeah. four different mailers, and then we ended up doing two of them, which we do. We're still planning to do like an early spring one or late winter one. So, but we didn't execute as well no. as we would have liked to. And maybe that's one of those ones that we did better than. Well, I think we learned some. a lot too. There were a lot yeah. of um, unexpected speed yeah. bumps with those. Yeah, absolutely. With marketing, one of the biggest mistakes, um, and this kind of borderlines from marketing to like leads, but still marketing brings in leads, but lack of follow-up. Yeah. Uh, we struggle really badly with, making sure that we're taking what's coming in and we're following up with it. For instance, our text message marketing, we have on our Instagram, a thing, text us your year. And we get people that do that a lot. And I know you reach out to them all. Yeah. But I forget after a time, Yeah, like we're pushing something and I'm into it. And then we kind of stop that marketing push per se. And I kind of forget that it's still just trickling. Yeah. And so I think really adding those people to like, a Trello card to where we know that, Hey, let's make sure to follow up with these people on a regular basis. Automate that. Yeah. We could automate that. Totally can automate. Then those are things that we've got to do. So those are, those are some of the things again, no defined system. We don't have a really good defined system. So again, no defined system. That's one of the struggles. Uh, but like I said, that's this year, for me, because when we went to St. Louis and we're coming back from St. Louis, I was like, okay, one of my goals, one of my, one of my ideas was I want to open another studio, <laughs> but I made the dis determination. I got home and I told my wife and she's like, are you shitting me? Like, really? <laughs> like, really? Like this is the same thing I do with Jason on a regular basis. He's like, I have this new idea. And I'm like, Jason, shut up and just focus. And, but I do the exact same thing. And that's why I'm telling him like, just focus, just focus. Cause I know this is my own problem. But one of the things I determined, I was like, okay, if I want to do this, the one thing I have to have is I have to have a business that's running the systems well. And before I could ever expect to do that with another business. And I think all too often we get it in our head and people are just like, Craig Lee did this. He, 
he actually opened up two studios. He opened his second one literally right before everything crashed with uh, Rona and it caused some challenge. And I, and I wonder like, you know, going and, and meeting him, seeing his studio and stuff like that. Like, like I question whether or not all those systems were really in place to make that a beneficial venture of that. I know for me, that's one of those things, but this is one of those times where I was actually like, I made a responsible decision. I didn't just jump in and just go rent or buy a building and just start a new business. Cause that's technically what it would be. Um, I looked at it and I said, okay, well, these are the things I have to have in place before I can ever consider doing that, but it is a goal. And so that is one of those things that I want to move forward to. So, so those are my biggest failures. I hope that that was beneficial for you guys to see, because believe me, I am a prideful individual. And so just going on and sharing with the world what my failures are, that is not something that is fun for me. It's not something that I would ever even consider doing before I started this crazy journey of the seven-figure photographer. It's just not something I would do. But I want you guys to see that, hey, like even I suck at a lot of things that you guys think that I might be really good at. A lot of you guys see through some of the the fluff with a lot of the things, and especially the people close to me understand that I suck at the communication. I suck at determining the, or giving defined uh, expectations. So, uh, but this is just your opportunity to say, okay, Sam, Sam struggles with this stuff too. So it's okay that I struggle with it. And I just need to identify it and determine, you know, what can I do at this point to move the needle forward and to overcome the things that held me back in 2021. So I ask you, what are your failures? I'd love to hear from you guys what your failures are. Feel free to comment over in the Facebook group. Uh, tell us about some of your failures. I just gave you like five of my big ones that I suffer with. And what can you do to improve? What are some of the things that you can do to improve? I know Jason struggles with a lot of the same ones that I do as far as this whole concept of always having new ideas and then getting off course with focusing on those things. I struggle with that so bad. And maybe Mia needs to like my wife, my <laughs> wife actually put me on this, this, uh, new business freeze, uh, a couple years ago when we opened the escape room, the escape room almost cost me everything. I lost a lot of money. I lost a lot of sleep. I was literally questioning whether or not I wanted to be alive I almost lost my building, my, my photography business. It was a big ordeal. And now the business is actually doing well, uh, here effective in well, 10 days, I will be the sole owner of the escape room, which is pretty exciting for us. And we are starting another business. So my wife is apparently letting me off the hook on the no business. So forgot about it and you just reminded Oh no, her. she hasn't forgotten. She <laughs> tells me on a regular basis, but I let this one be kind of her idea. Right. She wouldn't watch this far into my life. Yes, so. She does. Careful. Oh, so anyway, maybe she saw it, but this one was kind of <laughs> like, I let her, I let it be her idea. I actually introduced it years ago and tried to get her on board with it, but then she was like, eh. And then now it was like, I suggest it. And she's like, 
maybe we should. And I was like, oh, maybe we should. So anyway, I'll tell you guys more about that venture here coming up, I'm sure, soon, as soon as we get some stuff rolling on it. But as for now, I hope you guys have had fun. Do we have any questions? I saw Tim finished his, his whole sleeve up. Yeah, he says he struggles with procrastination. Procrastination. I struggle with it, Tim. And that's honestly why I started eliminating the things that I procrastinated at badly and started having employees take care of those things because I just sucked at it. So we have now coined procrastination, procrastination. We'll give that one a little drum. <laughs> anyway, I understand. And that's hard. I think, I think creatives in general struggle with procrastination. We don't like to do the things we don't like to do. And so I think it also goes back to your fear. I, I think you get afraid that people aren't going to respond the way you want them to. Or that you're going to fail. Or that you're going to fail. And so it's more, it's not necessarily as much procrastination as it is fear to put something out or fear that it's not going to be perfect enough. And I know I can make it better. So I'm just going to keep tweaking. But yeah, done is better than perfect. perfect. Fear is one of the, fear of failure is, I know that I say I embrace this, but it is one of the things that holds me back yeah, in so much. Just because I'm afraid of feeling like I'm losing grip or that I'm failing at something, it's a hard one. So yeah. anyway. Okay, guys, thank you for hanging out with us today. Sorry we took that one an hour long. I hope you guys all have a wonderful week and a wonderful, wonderful Merry Christmas if I don't see you on Thursday. And uh, Merry Christmas and I will see you before the new year. So peace out and have fun. Let's hit the outro music. <laughs>